welcome to Common Ground, a podcast series discussing new research and interesting projects in the field of complementary medicine. Hello, my name is Jackie Fay, Head of Education at Vitaly. Vitaly is a digital platform, a professional health resource and a distribution service all in one. Firstly, I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation as the traditional custodians on the land on which we gather here. I would also like to pay my respect to their elders, both past and present. Breathing. Something we do 24 hours a day. On an average day, we breathe in and out about 22,000 times. The way you breathe can impact your health, from helping to regulate important functions such as heart rate and blood pressure to having an effect on your posture. There are different types of breathing exercises one can do to help foster a sense of calm, reduce stress and anxiety levels and lower blood pressure, just to name a few. Have you wondered about how you breathe during your day? Today on Common Ground, I'll be speaking with Mim Bing. Mim is a naturopath with over 30 years of clinical experience. She's written nine books, including Natural Remedies. In recent years, Mim began to explore the influence of breath on our health. She travelled in 2011 to Los Angeles to study with the world's leading Buteco breathing practitioner, Patrick McEwen. Mim is now one of Australia's foremost breathing educators, helping people overcome conditions including asthma, sleep apnea, snoring, anxiety, reflux and irritable bowel syndrome. In 2008, Mim was awarded a fellowship of the Bateco Practitioners International. Mim practices and teaches breathing courses online and her clinic is located in New South Wales, Southern Highlands. Welcome to Common Ground, Mim. Oh, Jackie, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, before we delve in, Mim, we'd love to hear a little something about yourself. Um, what led you to specialising in breathwork? Well, Jackie, it was probably about 25 years ago and I did a very, very short course, like one hour a day for three days on Buteco and I did it because I suffered from asthma and literally it took my asthma away. So from that day to now, I haven't had asthma. And so I, I'm very glass half empty kind of girl. So I don't know why I wasn't more impressed, but it really, I, so I, if with, my asthmatic patients, I'd say, you know, you should check it out. And they never did. And that's why I travelled to America to study with Patrick in 2011, really thinking I was just going to get a little extra, you know, tool to help my asthmatic patients. Mm. I did not realise it was going to change my life and um, change the way I practice and the way I look at breathing. So um, it did a whole lot more. Mm. And so what is Bateco breathing, if you could explain that for our listeners? Yeah, it it's actually comes, the word is the surname of Konstantin Buteko, who was a Russian doctor in the 70s, 80s, 90s. He died in um, early 2000s. Uh, and he was researching the effect of breathing on blood pressure and then found that by giving these breathing exercises, people were responding. They were getting, you know, better in other conditions. So that's where the word comes from. And, and the technique, the technique is quite interesting. And it's, and I'm gonna, why I like Patrick McEwen is that although he is a Buteco practitioner, he's taken it 
a lot broader than that because the Buteyko technique itself is very, very good at retraining breathing, but there's lots more. So the Buteyko is actually the biochemical aspect of the breathing. But then we've got the mechanical aspect as well, which is mainly the diaphragm. And then we've got the rhythm of breathing. So it's it's um, it's just one aspect is the buteco. Mm, okay. So um, I've heard the term dysfunctional breathing. What What is that and what are some of the signs of dysfunctional breathing? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess one of the big signs would be if someone is not breathing using their nose, they're called a mouth breather quite a derogatory mm-hmm. <laughs> mouth breather um, but you know there are other signs that are I guess more subtle frequent sighing frequent yawning throat clearing um, people using the you know upper chest breathing they're, so there can be quite subtle signs mm-hmm. uh, people taking large breaths prior to talking mm, okay right because I've, I've read um, recently the just basically there's two types of breathing, your diaphragmatic breathing and your chest breathing, which obviously have mm. two um, clinical out pictures and experiences for health, isn't it? That's right. That's right. That's right. We were born to breathe using our diaphragm. And I think, you know, it changes. I don't know when it really does change, but when you sit in a chair and particularly if you're, you know, typing um, using computers, you're kind of in that sl- slouched, position which the diaphragm really can't work that well oh okay yeah right so and we I might ask you a few questions further um in the podcast about that but um what what is breathing retraining and what does that entail yeah well it's the and this really is the buteco method of giving someone exercises breathing exercises to do every day and they will rewire the the brain basically we're we're looking at resetting the respiratory centers in the brain and that's a permanent change which I really like because unlike going to the gym where you're exercising your muscles and you know if you stop for a couple of weeks you're back at square one once the respiratory center in the brain's been reset recalibrated it should remain there so that it's very much you know what you do the breathing boot camp and then you're you you're good like you know for me I although my trigger for asthma was exercise and I was an aerobic instructor I'm sorry to say in the 80s and 90s um the trigger was there but my asthma didn't come back so it my brain had reset from that very short amount of time so are there different breathing exercises for different health conditions Yes and no. Um, I get it, it depends what the person has, but but generally there'll be similar kind of exercises. But someone with anxiety, for example, um, may need different exercises to say someone with sleep apnea, and also the breathing exercises that. And this is something Patrick's been very interested in the last few years for for improving sports performance and that is a kind of a slightly different spin and they can be quite different exercises as well. Mm. So in the example of like asthma like why does mouth breathing worsen can worsen asthma for some people suffering that? Yeah well the whole um, 
I guess, thrust <laughs> of Buteyko is saying that people are overbreathers. And that uh, strikes people as quite odd because, you know, breathing's very good. Surely raw breathing would be better. But in fact, overbreathing is breathing more than we, our bodies require. Mm. And so the asthma would be, you know, in fact, Buteyko said asthma is overbreathing. It's just like it's not, it's not, we, we say maybe it's a, an um, analogy or something. He said, no, it is actually, it's a breathing problem mm. rather than an allergy problem or whatever. Mm. And so by um, de, so it's all about the, the blood gas carbon dioxide, which people say is a toxic gas which it isn't, but it's, it's a byproduct of when we make energy in the cells. So energy comes from our fuel and our fuel is food. So that's carbohydrates, fats and proteins, which break down to carbons, hydrogens and oxygens. In they go, in the food goes into the mitochondria, into the Krebs cycle and out comes energy. And the byproducts are carbon dioxide and water. So that's why carbon dioxide is called a waste product. But in fact, Carbon dioxide is our driver to breathe. We think, I mean, oxygen is very important and it is very important, but surprisingly, the brain is reading carbon dioxide levels. So if you are a mouth breather, you are losing too much carbon dioxide. We, the exercises of Buteyko increase carbon dioxide and help the body, help the brain tolerate higher amounts of carbon dioxide and why do we want that? Mm. Well, carbon dioxide helps to relax smooth muscle and the airways are smooth muscle. So an asthmatic is always slightly, their, 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 mus their smooth muscle of their airways is always a little bit twitchy. And then you give a trigger, whether it's stress or exercise or an allergen, and that will constrict and the problem is with the airway, smooth muscle of the airway, when it constricts, it also produces mucus. Mm. And that's why asthma is a you know, potentially fatal condition. So that's one of the aspects of um, what the exercises do. They improve, they increase carbon dioxide and in increase the brain's tolerance to it so that always is, is slightly higher than it was previously. So that's the smooth muscle of the airways. There's the smooth muscle of the blood vessels, and that's was Buteyko's focus. He was looking at high blood pressure. So whether blood pressure high, hypertension is due to constriction of the blood vessels, then that's where this is going to help. Um, smooth muscle is also the gastrointestinal tract, so you can see it can help with maybe things like diarrhea or constipation or even reflux. And I'd like to talk about that mm. later on with respect to the diaphragm. But um, so increasing carbon dioxide helps to relax smooth muscle. Increasing carbon dioxide helps in oxygen delivery, which sounds a bit paradoxical, yeah. but it's called the Bohr effect, B-O-H-R. And what happens is it's in the presence of carbon dioxide that the hemoglobin molecule will release its oxygen cargo to the tissues in the brain. So we actually need a little bit more carbon dioxide for oxygen delivery. And the other thing with carbon, di carbon dioxide is it switches on the parasympathetic nervous system. So in the old days, people would, um, with anxiety, were told to breathe into a paper bag. Mm. 
and that's recirculating the carbon dioxide. So it's kind of a tranquilizing gas. And that's, you know, the focus of Buteco is about um, exercises that increase carbon dioxide. So we're basically recalibrating, not to too much carbon dioxide, but that person with this dysfunctional breathing, his carbon dioxide levels have been too low. So um, that's, that's how it works. And it, it works really quickly, you know. In fact, I'd love to give it um, a little exercise if we've got time, Jackie. And um, hopefully people can experience that. Yeah, no, that's great. That's fascinating. I, I didn't realise that carbon dioxide link, um, but I was going to ask you, was there that parasympathetic nervous system link? So thank you for explaining that. Um, with regards to uh, reflux, how might breathing exercises assist this condition? Well, yes, this one's really fascinating, is that... Um, we were, we were talking before about chest breathing and belly breathing and belly breathing is using the diaphragm. So the diaphragm is this big muscle underneath the rib cage. And, you know, of course we do use, people will use it, but they're not using it to, you know, enough. Um, and, and so if that, that, that diaphragm is this domed muscle and what goes through it, a major, we've got the aorta, we've got the inferior vena cava, and we've got the esophagus. Mm. And so, um, so the, the actual muscle of the diaphragm forms the lower esophageal sphincter. Mm-hmm. And it's thought to be 40% of reflux is due to this faulty diaphragm, so not working properly. So slightly constricted. And so this diaphragm up and down massages the whole um, abdominal area 20 to 30,000 times a day. So it's, it's, it's a really interesting muscle. But that's how sometimes breathing or restoring functional breathing can help with reflux. Wow, that's just amazing. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing really. Um, and, the re, and the whole... It's also connected, I mean, where your tongue position, for example, that's going to affect your posture. Um, so that it's, it's, it's all of these things, um, you know, with your mouth open, your tongue is not in the right position. With your mouth open, your tongue drops. With your mouth closed, it's got more opportunity to be in the correct spot, which is at the roof of the mouth. Mm, right. Gee, all these elements for, yeah, the combination for... Healthy breathing. I mean, you just take for granted breathing, and um, yes, 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 conscious with it. You know, better breathing can can be better breath, um, better health. That's- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So if I, you know, say I, I keep breathing, there'll always be someone off. Like I'm doing okay. I'm alive, aren't yes, I? Of yes. um, you know, but you know, I, my answer to that is, well, you, you know, you can have a really bad diet and still be alive. Or you can do no exercise at all and still be alive. But how well are you? Yes. And it's the same with the breathing. You know, people will will kind of lurch along, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it's so interesting. Improving breathing really has amazing outcomes. Like I, I'm teaching a course at the moment, and and every time I teach a course, mm-hmm. the, by the second lesson, uh, someone will say, "I've had the best sleep of my life." <laughs> wow. Because they've had their mouth closed at night. Yes, yes. And how does um, stress affect breathing? 
Well, it's very much a an evolutionary thing. Stress back in the day when we were, you know, roaming the, the jungles was always physical. So it was the bear. You know, we were we were fighting the bear or we were probably fighting our next door cave person in reality um, or running away from the bear. So it was it was always physical. So the so the the stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol, are all, all physical, and that's so you can run or fight, and your breathing will change. So even if the stress is not physical, so if it's a deadline or it's a you know an argument, say your breathing will change, and so um, what we, we sometimes can't change the stress, the stressor, but interestingly, changing your breathing can reduce the stress hormones. And that's the carbon, that's part of the carbon dioxide thing too, slowing it down and the rhythm as well. And hence that's where that calming effect comes in. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. You can, you can, you can, you may, like I, I've, um, with pain, for example, you know, sometimes you just can't avoid that, but by changing the breathing, those the chemicals of stress are, are reduced, are dampened down. Mm. Wow, fantastic. Um, COVID-19 and mask wearing. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tips for those required to wear masks for... Well, it's actually a Buteco teacher's dream. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because the, having the mask on will increase carbon dioxide. Yeah. You know, you are recycling. It's so important, though, that you have your mouth closed. Yeah, right. With the, yeah. So, um, yeah, with the mask. So it, it actually can be, I think it can be very therapeutic. Um, and you know, Patrick actually brought out like that. He was pr- quite prescient, um, if that's the word, of five years ago, he actually produced a mask for people to wear. <laughs> to train them so you know had he known that uh, he was well ahead of the curve um yeah but it, it's so it it can be a good thing but people who are not used to it who can get quite anxious yes. so it's it's about um yeah in fact I've got a couple of people at the moment who are uh seeking help because they get so anxious with the mask on so it's about improving their breathing first and then and then they can wear the mask more comfortably. Oh, good. Yeah, good to hear. I know you're going to share a technique with us um, at the end of this podcast, but are there some simple exercises you could direct our listeners to? Do you have um, some from your website? Whether it be or... Yes. Well, I've got a, a YouTube channel, actually. So I've got, I've, got, I've got a lot of exercises up there. Mm. Um, I guess, you know, well, let's. We'll, have we got time for a couple of minutes of doing an exercise? Absolutely. Let's do it. Great. Okay. All right. All right. So if you can be sitting down with your back straight mm-hmm. and your mouth closed, if it's possible. So some people can't breathe through their nose. So do what you can. Mm-hmm. And but if it's possible to breathe with your through your nose, then I'd like you to do that. And what we're going to do, it's an it's a exercise called three by three. So basically it's three breaths and a breath is an inhale followed by an exhale. So it's your normal breathing. It's not big or small, anything fancy. It's three normal breaths, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, 
inhale, exhale. At the end of that third exhale, I want you to pause for a count of three. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you start the three breaths again. So we'll just do it for a couple of minutes and I'll kind of talk you through it. So sitting down with your mouth closed, back straight, and just starting whenever you'd like the three normal breaths, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, pause for a count of three, and then you start the sequence again. If that pause feels too long, you don't have to pause at all. However, if you feel you can extend that pause to more than three seconds, I'm going to invite you to extend the pause for as long as it's comfortable. So you're doing three breaths mm -hmm. and a pause until you feel you need to breathe in again. So shoulders dropped, belly soft, and the tongue is resting at the roof of the mouth, the tip of the tongue behind the front teeth. And just following the breath in through the nostrils and out. And in that pause, holding for as long as is comfortable. And then the sequence again, shoulders dropped and belly soft. Watching the breath as it enters and leaves the nose. And just noticing if there's any more saliva in your mouth. Noticing if you feel warmer. We'll just do a few more cycles. Jackie, have you got any more saliva? Mm, yes, I do. Okay, good. Again, just following the breath and pausing for as long as is comfortable. Okay, so that's around two minutes. And I often give that um, little exercise when I've got patients who are anxious mm -hmm. and I want to see whether this is going to be helpful for them. Mm -hmm. And that little question I ask of the saliva is a sign that carbon dioxide levels have increased and your parasympathetic nervous system has been switched on. Mm -hmm. Because when we're, we've got... Our, dry, our mouth is dry when we've got the stress hormones. Mm. And when you switch on the parasympathetic nervous system, your digestive, your digestive, the digestion basically closed, you know, stops when we're very stressed. Mm. But when we're relaxed, it's, you know, it is ready to, you know, absorb and, and digest. And, and that's a sign that there's more saliva. So I, I kind of, from a clinical point of view I, I I'm hope I, I generally ask that question after about a minute and if someone doesn't have more saliva after one and a half minutes I I think that they're quite sympathetic dominant so that they're you know I, I think their stress levels are quite high mm, yes right yes I can actually feel um, very just so much calmer actually <laughs> I'm feeling very chilled out yeah yeah no it, it is it, it no, that, that's a that's um, a pleasure. It's such a it's such a simple thing to do in you know in a in a consultation. You know, you don't have 
you know, don't have oodles of time, but that couple of minutes is a really good way of assessing whether that person's going to benefit from the breathing or how stressed they are. And that, and if, and also asking if people feel warmer, mm. if they do, that's also a sign that you've increased carbon dioxide because of the, the smooth muscle of the of the blood vessels. Um, so the capillaries have opened up. So mm. if they feel if they're yeah, because that, that cold hand is sometimes a sign of sympathetic dominance as well. Okay. And a little bit of feeling of lightheadedness, is that the carbon dioxide as well? Uh, that is when people are not used to it. Okay. okay. Yeah. So so that's a sign. People will say, oh, I feel a bit dizzy or lightheaded. And it's just like, okay, well, you're not used to that slight buildup of carbon dioxide. And so, you know, the more exercises they do, the, 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 that will go away. Mm. Because we... we're retraining, we're really, really, sorry, sorry, Jackie, we're, we're changing a habit of a lifetime. Mm. Yes. So it can take a, a little bit of time. Yes, yes, it is aptly named, isn't it? It is a retraining, it's a recalibration, isn't it? Mm. Mm. So um, a comment to you, breathing is an integral link with the body-mind connection, would you say? Yeah, absolutely, 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 and and uh, it's uh, it, your breathing changes with you know every day your health and and I think getting one of the things of doing the course people are just then much more aware of how they're breathing, and so I my personal feeling is that the breath is the first thing that changes when we're ill, and and if you can be subtle enough or know your body well enough. And that's what we do as, you know, um, naturopaths, nutritionists and body workers. And, you know, it's, it's all that awareness of your body, how your body is tracking. Um, and, of course, we do that with nutrition and, and exercise, but the breath is the most fundamental thing. Mm-hmm. And so how, how am I breathing today? And has it changed? Am I, you know, am I... Am I not well? Am I, you know, am I stressed? Am I, is there an infection? Why is my breathing different? Mm, yep. And then taking that moment, yep, with some of the techniques mm. just, yeah, explained and one we've just tried out, um, that's just so palpable. I mean, that was two minutes you said, yeah? Wow. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, what would be some... Yeah, it's... it's yeah. yeah, no, sorry, go, go. Sorry, sorry. No, no, you go, go. Yeah. So what are some key takeaways that you would like our listeners to sort of take away from our chat today? Okay. Well, um, keep your mouth closed, except for when you're eating and talking and, um, you know, breathe only using your nose. I think the awareness of the breath, if you, if, if you, are, if you know about diaphragmatic breathing, it's not just for special occasions. So people will say, oh, yes, I know. I do that. I do that in my yoga class. It's like, yeah. And the rest, you know, the other 23 hours, you are also meant to be, it's not just for, for special. Um, so diaphragmatic breathing, um, tongue. So the three things, having your tongue in the spot. And I'll just, if we've got a moment, that's where the spot is. You can find that if you, Close your mouth, smile and swallow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it, the tongue tends to go up there, another way of finding it is making a popping, clicking sound yep. before that 
before you make the sound, the tongue's kind of up the top. That's, so that's where the tongue should be resting all day. And that has a whole, that's a whole world in itself. It's very, very interesting. Um, so the tongue in the right position, diaphragmatic breathing and using your nose. If those three things and you're well on your way. Mm, wow. I mean, I could actually just feel my jaw relax too then when you said that with tongue in the correct. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it keeps the, the whole uh, jaw in the right position. Mm. Well, Mim, thank you for sharing your wisdom and your experience today. Um, it's been some very valuable insights. So thank you for coming on the ground today. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity, Jackie. It's been a pleasure. And uh, to our listeners, please subscribe to Common Ground. We appreciate your support and feel free to leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you.